I played rugby, surprisingly okay. enough. That's an amazing then- combination. <laughs> And got too many head injuries, so needed to do something else. Some place like, where brain injuries are accepted. If something yes. is a little loose up here, where do you go? The theater, obviously. It makes you better, exactly. And I also like desperately needed a community. So my house yes. in college went from being the rugby house, like rugby party house, to the theater house. Chaos. Hello and welcome to the Carson Daily Show, the crypto culture talk show nobody asked for. I'm Carson Daly and I'm just popping in to introduce my next guest, Allie Weiss. Allie and I got on like a house on fire. So I completely skipped the part where I tell y'all who the hell she is. Allie Weiss is a Z-list native New York performer, writer, and on-air host. She is a fierce detective, student, and story stewardess of the roads less traveled in her show, Tales of Taboo, which I am a massive fan of. So without further ado, please enjoy The Princess of Taboo. Shockingly, like the only two things, like only two social groups that did thrive (laughs) were rugby and theater. Like nothing else but that and I just found myself I, I don't the know both. <laughs> you found like the most subculture university in America like what like the most fringe place you can possibly go where like if you want to be popular you have to play rugby out of all sports or do theater <laughs> that's like high school musical on like LSD it actually that's is wild. and any of my um alumnus alumni alumnae who are listening no <laughs> disrespecting they'll be no like disrespect. they'll be like yep co-sign that shit it's true it is so fucking true that's so funny oh my god and then you you know Wait, but you the, live in the UK now right how I did do. you go from rugby in the middle of nowhere to the UK well I was going to, am I allowed to uh, ask about that yeah of course I was going to say actually it's funny like now people wonder how I found myself in web three like I've just been going from niche like non-popular popular circles to um you know just just floating my way through life anyways but now I fell in love with a masked digital artist who lives here. Stop. And yes. You and fell I'm, in love with an avatar. You literally fell in love with a PFP. Like, I, I didn't know that could yes. happen. I thought that was Web3 Urban Legend. Okay, no. This is why I love Tales of Taboo. Because anonymity, which I always say as anonymity, which is part of my uh, bit, I guess now it's just becoming part of I the, love ca- it. I love the, it. the character I tapestry. It. I am like obsessed with it because my own man is pseudo anonymous and I'm the only one who knows him. And I feel like I get to keep that secret. And yeah, I feel pretty proud about it. And then that's why I love your show so much because you okay, that's so many people you're definitely going to have to be an anonymous confessor for me because I have 8,000 questions and I don't want to like take over your own show interviewing you. <laughs> so we'll have to figure that out. But how did you guys like exchange pics? Like, okay, fine. You fell in love with this PFP. That's weird, but like I'll accept it. When did you, when did you get to the place where it was like dox yourself? Yeah, like yeah, when yeah. did you like sex? Good like, question. Wh- what when, well, yeah, we probably sexed before we saw. Probably. So I'm I'm the first person that ever got a dick pic from him. So he says, if somebody wants to corroborate that story, if any bitches want to come through and give me a timestamp. But until then, I stand by this. 
Um, yeah, I probably got a dick. Bring the receipts. Yeah, or bring... she's not going to believe you. Bring the screenshots. <laughs> Don't you dare try to mess with my piece right now. But no, well, I saw pictures of him in a mask. So like I saw the eyes. I saw the eyebrows. Eyebrows are important to me. Another reason I'm obsessed with you. Best eyebrows. Like Indeed. seriously. Um, and Thank then you. I think we started talking. He told me straight up he was in love with me. Like we were friends. I started collecting his stuff. Then he just said, I'm in love with you. And I'd never seen his face. But I was like, I love you back. Like this is a history of romanticizing um, and like fantasizing and building things up in my head as somebody who has ADG and BPD and who's a Pisces and all of that. <laughs> Got and, it. Yeah. Wow, I fucking then, love you already, man. You're you're a circus. I'm here. For I it. am. I'm a disaster zone. Like seriously, it's the splash zone. It's like a car crash. Um, but love. then I think he did. I don't know if he's. I think he did send me a picture of his face, or we just jumped on Facetime, like after like a little bit of talking on the phone. And then I was still like, you like you can see what somebody looks like. I was like, yeah, okay, we're working with something here. And then he flew me to London and that's where we met okay. for the first time as he like came up to my okay room. wait I'm sorry I, and have I was like, like a couple, I'm so glad you didn't lie about your heritage go ahead <laughs> please ask okay. sorry imperative follow-up questions did it was it at the point when you guys finally like facetimed or exchanged pics or whatever that like you already felt such a big sense of emotional attachment that no matter what he looked like you would have been down anyway or was it the kind of thing where like had he not yes. looked the way that you wanted him to, that like he, it would have kind of shattered the illusion for you, be honest. I'm being honest and saying yes, but I'm also being honest and say, man's just flew me first class from LAX to <laughs> London. There was no way he wasn't getting it. <laughs> I'm just saying there was no way he no, wasn't. No, I agree 100%. 100%, 100% but cr- you, cry you, or cringe or <laughs> No, he's going to love it. I think he's going to love it. This is like the biggest cosign of all time and you tell him he's in a safe space here. Like this is not the craziest thing I've ever heard by any means. This ranks like 120. He loves in your terms show the by the way. It loves heard. it. I cannot wait oh, to good. chat with both of you on the record or off. But you saw his face before you hopped on hopped on the jet, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hopped on the jet. Okay, yep, so that, that was, was also just my like first a double whammy. First class. Yeah, about I was this like, is this arousing. is good. And I saw his dick, obviously. Yeah, I saw obviously. I saw his dick, obviously, as well. So we... <laughs> but it was only like a month-long, like, thing. I mean, the craziest shit is that... I know, Ali, I know. We're. Ha- I love this. This. I've been looking forward to this all week. I have to tell you something. I'm so grumpy today. I quit vaping. This sounds so stupid. It's like grow up, right? To me, no, that's me, to hard. me, grow up. No, it's like really... I have to. Yeah. It's so hard. I'm day two. I'm the person who said I was it never is. gonna not vape. Like I didn't care how much of a douchebag it makes me look. Like I was never not going to vape. So just wanna say thank you for being here for me. One of my <laughs> Oh my God, my absolute pleasure. Like who would have thought that I would be like an emotional support animal for people who were quitting vaping? Like did not know that was on my CV, but like I'm very here for it. And I think it's on brand. One of my best friends in the world is like a major, major fashion girl. She works at Vogue. She's been at Vogue for like a million years. She has never been a cigarette smoker. She jumped straight to vaping, like jeweling in particular, and became so severely addicted to her jewel that like she has these beautiful, tiny little like delicate hands with like shove the jewel inside it and just kind of 
like pretend she was like yawning at the dinner table and would just fully be like ripping it in the middle of like a like a like a fancy conversation. She would like wake up in the morning before the eyes are even open. She's ripping it. Like she is severely addicted to it and she has tried to quit. And me, she has had to slather me. herself in like nicotine patches, nicorette gum. Like one patch didn't even work for her. She was like, I need to put one Bless nicotine pass on each ass cheek. Like it is not easy. I I sympathize with you. Like even if you were not ripping a pack a day before you move to the jewel or whatever vape you're smoking like sometimes the vape is even harder which i was actually like i was oh so you were a pack a day smoker day, which was even worse okay wow okay so and like then my I was a thoughts and prayers and then i quit all the condolences yeah 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 thank you so much but i'm just so you're welcome right now but anyways i don't remember well that's what, what i'm here for i'm like I beat my face for you. <laughs> I brought my maximum energy. I was like, I know I need to come correct for this chick. And I'm happy to hear. Thank you. You're amazing. I'm obsessed with you. Okay. I like don't even. I'm also like, I have to say your podcast is such a fucking inspiration to me. Like Tales of Taboo, just Thank your you. voice, like your energy. I have, I am somebody who can talk about everything. Like I love these conversations. I'm I have been talking for my entire life, obviously. As soon as I learned how to talk, I didn't shut the fuck up, like, straight up. But podcasting Same. is really hard. Like, I was a clubhouse's yeah. room host, whatever, Twitter spaces host, like, all of it. This is really hard. And, like, there is a level of not knowing what the fuck I'm doing and feeling like I'm doing it every week wrong. And then, like, listening to you and being like, this is who I want to be. Like, this is, this is my expander. And I know it's going to sound... A little bit crazy, but I have to say my favorite no. episodes, my favorite episodes of Tales of Taboo are your solo ones. Favorite ones. Oh, like straight up. That's love so them the sweet. most. Thank you so much. And like those are terrifying I for love me as them. well. I mean, it's such a weird, it's such a weird world that we live in that I have managed to make an entire career out of talking professionally. Like when I meet people new, like when I go out on dates or I meet people at dinner parties or like I'm introduced to like a new friend or potential colleague or whatever, they ask me to explain my job. And I'm like, there is no way for me to explain it. Like I am a professional conversationalist. Like companies hire me to show up and be chatty and charming. And it's like every quality I had that got me sent to attention all the time in school are the things that I have now been able to monetize, which is like pretty sick. And I have a traditional theater background. I went to like a conservatory style training program in college. And I, I never thought that I would create this like character that was a, a heightened, you know, most badass possible version of myself and be able to like stick that out into the world. But it, it really is a cool thing that now with social media culture and with the demand for content, and I think most importantly, just like the, the demand for authenticity if you have something to say if you have a unique point of view you can start talking and if you're smart about it build an audience and like I'm in awe of the audience that you've built on Twitter I'm very new to Twitter like that was not my platform before I got into the web 3 space and even at the job that I had before I went to pleaser I, I was not an active Twitter user and now that I'm at pleaser everything is on Twitter the marketing of pleaser house interacting with people who watch the show people who want to get in touch with me like it's a whole new 
landscape that I find very intimidating. And so clearly you've been doing something right because you have this fanatical following on Twitter and you're so active there and it feels like you're also very true to who you are. So I have to give you daps there as well, as well as telling you that you are the first podcaster or host within Web3 who has had me on their show. So oh my God, yeah, My virginity is being taken Yay! today. <laughs> well, I'm so ahead of the curve yeah. always, but I have to say like, I think Twitter is a <laughs> Twitter is a weird one, right? Like I have no fucking clue how like there was a time in 2021 where like if you saw somebody in Web3 like in the crypto NFT Twitter sphere that had over 10,000 followers, you just followed them. Like it was just kind of like because I think people were so hungry for like this influencer. Like they wanted to know who to follow. Like both physically, emotionally, trades wise, everything else. And like, it got to a point where I had no idea what like an authentic audience is. So like my favorite account, my favorite channel that I run at this point is like my little Carson Daily Show one, even though it's because it's so easy to run because I have a great designer who made me all the templates. And I have 152 followers on it. And I'm like, I fucking love you guys. Like, you guys, everything I do is for you guys. Like, even my twi- <laughs> yeah. my Instagram has been botted, but like that's where I think like you. I'm just so fascinated by people who were able to build like over time an authentic, like organic following on Instagram because I've been on Instagram since the start of it, and I was never able to do that. Like it's so amazing to me, and I think it's even more incredible that you've now seen an opportunity in web three you've seen where it's like and maybe it is your appetite for taboo or like you say the roads less traveled that you're like okay i'm not just gonna stop here at like my instagram and my podcast in this like traditional media platform that i've built you're like i'm gonna walk through this door like i think of people who have built these incredible followings people like you i put people like amanda hirsch in the same category people who have like made a following off of their content, their voice. And it's like you're walking up to the door where somebody's like, come through here. It's Web3 and being like, nah, I'm OK. It's like, what did you do? You did all that work to get there. Like, what are you? Why are you done yeah. here? So I want to know, like, what is your story? How did you come to that door uh, that is Web3? How, what made you walk through it? Like, tell me everything. I'm so curious. Yeah. So I can't earnestly say that I predicted that I was going to end up in Web3, but I actually tweeted out yesterday that, you know, every episode that we do of Pleaser House feels like the first day of school for me because I'm a performer in a world that's overrun with technologists and people who are like mathematicians and traders and analysts and visionaries. And I'm just like, haha, like I can be charming if I want to be. And that's about (laughs) all I got. Um, And so I really didn't know how people were going to receive me in the space, you know, not to pull this card, but it is definitely a little bit isolating to be a woman in Web3 as well, Um, which is not to say that there are not communities that are serving women. Obviously, there are some incredible ones, but I think that there is still this struggle to be seen as an equal and a 
especially has struggled to be seen as an equal without having to post selfies every day. Don't get me wrong. I love posting selfies every day. If I'm going to spend the time to beat my face, I want the world to see it. You know what I mean? Like I got bullied for my eyebrows a lot when I was a kid and now people like them. So I'm going to take advantage of that. But it, it, it has been kind of like a treacherous new world in terms of like, how do I go about earning people's respect in a way that I'm proud of? So long story short, this is, this is the true, the true road to how I ended up in Web3. As you know, I've always been really interested in subculture and kind of keeping my finger on the pulse of like, what are these up and coming communities that are not super mainstream yet, but are going to be. I was a little bit late to Web3. I discovered it in like fall 2021, but I had a meeting with a mentor of mine in the hosting space who... So I know it's going to be early for the next decade, but I mean, you know, people who were like early, 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 or like 2021, like what? And I was we like, were you like a hundred years old by and, then. And now. Yeah, exactly. Like I was like, <laughs> yeah. uh, by yeah. fall 2021, I was like, I'm fucking retiring from this shit. I'm done. <laughs> exactly. It was everyone was like exhausted and burnt out. And I was like, oh my God, brand new world. Woo. Um, so I met with this mentor of mine who, uh, you know, we were just kind of catching up. Like, what have you been up to during the pandemic? Blah, blah. And he was like, I really think you need to get into NFTs. And I was like, my brother in Christ, like that is not for me. Um, And he was like, no, like it is. And I was like, you know that I still keep a paper calendar and like barely know how to use my computer. What makes you think that I'm like cut out for the world of NFTs? And he was like, no, but you love subculture. And I think that you'll be really interested to observe these people who, you know, if we're going to speak in kind of stereotypical terms, have always been cast out as nerdy or geeky or like video game freaks who are now making millions and millions of dollars off of JPEGs. And I was like, all right, you got my attention with that. So I happened to meet him for lunch the same week that NFT NYC was happening in November, 2021. And he was was like, you need to figure out a way. Um, And we missed each other. But you know what? Maybe the universe didn't want us to meet yet. Maybe now is the time for us to be meeting, and whenever you're next in New York, is like that's when we're meant. That's my spiritual to become besties. That's mine and my honey's spiritual home. So we'll be there. Yes. Okay. Amazing. Well, whenever you guys are here, you hit me up, and we we are gonna paint the town whatever color you want to paint it. Doesn't have to be red. Um, We're gonna paint the town with vape smoke. Is what we're gonna do because I, you know, you're still vaping at that point. Oh my god! I'm like, I'm like. (laughs) that do whatever you have to do like smoke a q-tip shove your fingers in your mouth like whatever you have to do as i'm speaking like i'm i'm here to here to support that um okay so he was like you need to get into the bored ape yacht club warehouse party oh my god and i was like what is bored ape (laughs) What, what is going on? How, how, why am I not allowed in there? Like, why do I need to go with somebody who has it? It, it was like a whole ass thing. So I put a very, uh, suggestive photo of myself up on Twitter and Instagram and like fully put out like an advertisement for myself and was like, who wants to take me as their plus one to the board of yacht club party? And like fully assumed oh that I was going to end up uh, going with some random person visiting from like Milwaukee, which is like what I wanted for content purposes. Yeah, yeah. Let's reduce this very long story short. I ended up getting set up on a blind date to go to this party with somebody who was a friend of my friend's then fiance, now husband. That guy became my very serious boyfriend for a year. We are no longer together, but he was the most brilliant person I've ever met in my life. Uh, Coder, math guy, uh, walking computer, taught me so much that I never would have been able to learn on my own. I'm sure. I was then very, like, inspired 
Yeah, and it gets better. So I was very inspired by what I saw at that party, which by the way, was like a, a pretty incredible, ridiculous party. I ended up spontaneously going down to Art Basel that year, like December 2021, to like network, meet more people in the space, kind of get my feet wet. The founder of Pool Suite and I at Vacation Sunscreen, uh, those two brands Suite. go hand in yeah. hand. Another place we have a missed connection. Yes. I think we probably have like a hundred misconnections, girl. Like I think that the, this was like a, a puzzle. The universe wanted us meeting now. Uh, when I I was not okay. just posturing as having any idea what I was talking about within the Web three <laughs> space. Now I'm like fifteen percent legitimate. So it's yeah, not a complete same. waste of your time. <laughs> um, so when I was down in Miami, I was like chit chatting with Marty, the founder of Pool Suite. I guess he saw one of my random videos of me. I do these woman on the street interviews. He saw this one video of me interviewing a person who was passed out, wasted on a beach, like unconscious. So I wasn't really interviewing them. I was mostly just shoving a microphone in their face, but he found it really funny. And he was like, you are incredible. Come make videos with us. So I ended up working for Pool Suite for about eight months, developing their uh, in-house retro fictional news station called The Palm Report. And I created a character for them. That was really like my masterclass in Web3 in terms of actually working in it. Um, obviously, I had my then boyfriend schooling me on the side. And then I saw this opportunity to audition for the first ever late night talk show slash auction house in Web3, which turned out to be Pleaser, went through a bajillion rounds of auditions for that, landed the job at Pleaser. And now it feels like it's been oh 100 God, years amazing. for me too. So I hate to be one of those women who's like, <laughs> a man got me into Web3 because I never like to subscribe to those kinds of stereotypes, but it is true that a man got me to the board eight party. I met a man at the board eight party. He taught me everything I knew. He set me up with the education that I needed. And then from there, I was able to kind of spread my wings. So even though he and I are not together anymore, I am uh, endlessly grateful. I love that. Also, that's my story. Such a beautiful, like, I just, even just like the showing the gorgeous contour, like in the end, that was like, that's my story. Like, it was just so pop princess of you. Um, That's my story. First of all, I love it. No more questions, please. <laughs> no comment. Um, No, I, first of all, want to say, <laughs> who cares if a man brought you in? Like, women step on each other's shoulders to get to the top. Men step on each other's shoulders to get to the top. Like, not saying you stepped on anybody's shoulders, but who cares if somebody's there to lift you up? I got a take, full blown. Take the lift, baby. Not, what is it? Not even a piggyback ride. It's like, what do you play in the pool? Chicken? Yeah. You like exactly. sit on someone's shoulders. Yeah, I got like a, like a full chicken ride. That's perfect. In the like, and that's okay. when some, me and my, like, now fiance, Kitty, like, we always say that we're like, on a, we're like when two toddlers are like on each other's shoulders with a trench coat on, like pretending to be an adult. Like, that's how we yeah. make up like our Web3 successes. But, I know we're supposed to be talking about Web3. We're going to come back to it. But I want to say, so like I'm new to, I'm a new Taboo-verse lover, like Taboo-verse explorer, like new to your show. And I do things like in reverse. Like I never start with like the latest episode. So I scrolled down quite a bit. So I became pretty emotionally invested in your relationship. Like I listened yeah. to your yeah. like about me episode. I listened to your birthday reflection episode. I listened to your amazingly powerful 
and like heart wrenching, just beautiful abortion episode, like all of this. And then just today I was like, let me brush up. And I put on your latest solo episode, Thoughts on Love. And I just found out that you guys fucking broke up. And so now (laughs) I'm like bringing this up because I want to say you probably have something in the works for this, but you're like solo. What I learned about love episode only in the beginning are you like, I recorded this and we've actually broken up since then. So I didn't feel like even though it is a reflection of the relationship you have, like now you haven't done an episode since then, a solo one. Like, what is your reflection of like the the relationship? Like, I'm so like as a fan now, I'm like so invested and I want to know so much because I was like, oh, my God. I was so happy for you like on this whole path. Yeah. I'm like, this is so beautiful. And now yeah. I'm like, I'm so sad and also emotional because I gave up vaping. So what the fuck happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Double whammy with that one. No, it's it was hard. I mean, in reality, the biggest issue that we had was distance. And, you know, you and your man were in a position to close that gap by you moving. And he and I, from the very beginning, had spoken about uh, him coming to live in New York. And fundamentally, like, you can't force somebody to make that kind of, you know, cross-country move or transatlantic move if they're not in a place in their life where they're 100% sure that they want to do it. And he and I had a very powerful, very real love for each other. And, you know, at least speaking for myself, I still do. But I did not want to be that person saying you have to move for me, especially since he and I are both people who have very full independent lives separately from each other or whoever we're dating at the time. Um, I'm also somebody who can be very needy in certain ways. Um, My career affords me a lot of independence, a lot of freedom, a lot of opportunity to go out into the world and kind of make whatever I want out of it, which is such a privilege, such a luxury. But when I come home at the end of the day, I really like something that's stable and traditional and available. Um, I think a lot of people people kind of absorb the public version of me and assume that I'm like hardcore, like Mm -hmm. ethically non-monogamous, like everybody, you know, in my life kind of free love, whatever. And, you know, in theory, I'm very open-minded to whatever, but I think something about me that surprises people is my decision to really dive headfirst into that kind of um, chaos in my professional life means that I want to come home and feel really secure and grounded in what I have. And no matter how much you love somebody, not having the opportunity to like physically touch them or see them all the time is also really taxing. So, you know, it's a positive thing that I, we broke up and I don't have any like bitterness or animosity towards him at all. I think it was just really circumstantial, but it also sucks when you don't fall in love out of love, I mean, with each other, like when you're still in love with each other, but you're like, we just can't make this work right now because it almost makes it more painful than having something to hold on to. That's like, oh, I, you know, I fucking hate you. You changed. You made me promises that you couldn't keep X, Y, and Z. Like I I really don't have that much shit that I can talk about him. But you know, also at the same time, like when at the time that we broke up, I was just starting my job at Pleaser. I was just getting all of this responsibility. I was just diving head 
headfirst into this new world of Web3, building this new audience. And I'm I'm excited about what's in front of me now. Like I'm excited waking up every morning being like, I really don't know what's going to happen to me today or who I'm going to meet today. And like my DMs are very open and my <laughs> mind is very open. And I'm I'm somebody who, you know, as much as I don't want anything that's like, uber kind of like off the beaten path when it comes to my personal life. I don't really have a specific type when it comes to people that I date. And so I'm I'm very open to the adventure. And hey, like I, I met my ex because he did me a favor and took me to the Bored Ape warehouse party. So clearly I'm very, I'm very open to an adventure. So that's 100%. kind of like the, the short version of what happened between us. But you bring up an interesting point, Carson, which is like, as somebody who enjoys being authentic on the internet and has like built a brand around it, I struggle sometimes with wanting to share these parts of my life. But I'm also hyper aware that the more I share about myself, the more invested people are going to get into it, which like makes it harder to then say, oh, we've broken up or, oh, I, I have this big like life change. And it's like, how do you kind of strike that balance between sharing your life with people and, and making them want to follow along with the content that you make, but also drawing that line in the sand of saying, like, I can't share everything about my life because at the end of the day, like, I don't want people getting invested in things that, like, yep. might not be forever. Exactly. Like that. It's hard. You always like I love that you always mention this concept of like the parasocial relationships that we have with with culture, with media, with personalities and people and like just listening to you and me, my own like parasocial relationship that I have with you <laughs> that I've developed is like, I'm wondering if you're like, tell me if there's any truth to this, like your kind of hesitation to really like open up and, and record and talk about this breakup might have something to do with the fact that like, you're not really over it or like you don't really know if it's the end of it. Like you said, like you didn't really like have this, we fell out of love. You just kind of had this very adult and mature relationship where it's like not all of my needs are being met and unfortunately it's the needs that I can't yeah. compromise on so I'm wondering like is there any truth to yeah. that at all yeah yeah totally um I would say that like I'm thankfully past the phase of like crying all the time, being yeah. so depressed, like feeling like I can't move on with my life. Um, I also think that's one of the benefits of distance is that like yeah. you grow accustomed to not seeing that person all the time. So it's not like you're going from sharing a bed every single night to like not seeing them at all. That shit is fucking mental. When you have that yeah. kind of breakup that you're like, my my whole world is like, I don't even know like what the truth is anymore. Um, so that's been helpful. I have been dating. Like I have Good. been out there. I have been meeting people. I have been having like a lot of adventures. Like, like, I, I'm definitely not, like, in my spinster era. Um, I think what I'm really just struggling with is, yeah, like, it's it's not even so much that I don't want to, like, close the door on it. Um, I think spiritually, like, I have very much come to the conclusion that, like, if that door is meant to reopen in the future, it will. And if it's not going to, it's not going to. And either way is completely fine. It is more like... 
how much do I want to share? Like people online know a lot about me. Like I talked about, I talked about my abortion. I've talked about my mental health. I talked about getting kicked out of my sorority when I was 20. I talked about, you know, my, my struggles with substances. I've, I've talked about scandals that I've had online with like major media companies that I don't particularly want to talk about today. But if someone Googles me, they can find them. Like Mm -hmm. I've shared so much about myself that I think I have to kind of make these decisions like what is off limits for me and I think that something that I think about a lot especially like in that last relationship and now post breakup is I don't want somebody to show up to a date with me or to hang out with me feeling like they're not surprised by anything I say. Like I actually, one of the biggest pleasures in my life is somebody coming to hang out with me, whether it's like romantic, sexual, or like just as a friend being like, oh, wow. Like in a, in a lot of ways, you're a lot different than I thought you were going to be. That's intentional. Like the me that people see online is very much who I am, but it is one part of who I am. It's about 50% of who I am. You know, the person who like rips jokes and has like a, a body sense of humor and is like emceeing pleaser house when we're like torching socks into the ether. Like, <laughs> yes, there is a part of my Love life it. that's like insane, but there there is also a much quieter side of me. Um, and like, I have a whole different set of hobbies and like a whole different set of friends. And it's like, that's really for people who come into my life in a meaningful way to uh, have the privilege of eventually being able to see and be surprised by. Yes, I love that. And I just want to say too, like in as a reflection to that, like long distance relationships can also be like a big trigger of that whole like who I am versus like who I present or who I perform to be. And like even Mm -hmm. I think I was starting to say this earlier that like me and my honey like did the math that before I moved here, to the UK, like, which again, you guys, you're talking about how in your relationship you were like, you know, should he move here or whatever long distance? Let me just like put it out there that when somebody moves to be with the other person, there is inevitably going to be a power dynamic. And it's going to feel like one person is in, it's always going to come up. And it's something that still comes up. Like every time, if we have an argument or a disagreement about something, it's like the default is kind of like, Well, I did this for you. Like I did everything for you. And like that is something that's super unhealthy and toxic. And like we're we're working on just saying, but like, and we're madly in love. Also just saying preface, preface to say, but like there's this idea, like we had, before I moved here, we spent 14 days together, like total in the course of nearly, I think it was like six months, eight months or whatever of like talking talking stage like long distance relationship literally 14 days and I think a lot of what we went through and a lot of like the early challenges that we had is I still thought I was dating kid eight and not you know who he actually is and he still thought he was dating Carson Daly and not Carson Woods like they're such different people so like I relate so much to that and yes. it gets to a point where like then you realize like how much of myself am I like have I totally spun this this web? And like for me, when we got into our relationship, it kind of made me like back off both of us, I think back off of our socials because we were like, 
who are we really like how like we're tweeting these things while we're sitting next to each other and we're presenting to each other completely different people like where it's so easy to do when you're alone in your room at night or at your desk throughout the day before you're in a relationship but like it just gets really hard and you have this like whole existential crisis of like who am i actually and how do i carry on my brand and how do i carry on these characters and these personas that i have and also like be real with the person that i'm with all day every day like it's it is not fucking easy like not easy at all it's not easy it's not easy and i'm really happy that you brought this up because something i think a lot about is like all the studies that come out about how gen z like doesn't have sex and how Mm. if you like poll a bunch of kids who are like in high school about like what they want to be when they grow up everyone says an influencer now which is like fucking bananas that like people strive to be influencers. Look, I don't want to be deemed a hypocrite because I have managed to make a living off of being myself, but this is, this is not what I set out to do. Like I did not set out to like get brand deals and like, and you know, do makeup tutorials. Like that's, that's not it. And I think that there is a really big problem with all of us like um, you and I are not Gen Z Um, you're not Gen Z right 95 so like cusp but also like I grew up in Vermont with like dial-up internet no iPhone so I think yeah nuance a little bit yeah Yeah, 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 no, for sure, 100%. But I, I think that, like, for for really, like, deep Gen Zers, the amount of time that they spend on their phones, not only, like, absorbing other people's personal brands, but staring at their own reflection, yes. coupled with that struggle of... If, if I don't document this happening in my life, it's not really happening, coupled with who am I really versus what do people like, what does the algorithm like, what's going to get me attention, like to have good sex with somebody by which I don't mean like the craziest fucking most like novel (laughs) rowdy kinky sex I mean like actual good sex where like you feel really connected to the person there's a tremendous amount of vulnerability and trust that's required in that and a feeling of safety and I think that people who spend so much time on social media and on their phones whether like as a career or as a hobby it's really hard to not constantly be thinking about how you're perceived and not constantly be like rising out of your body to perceive yourself and it makes sense to me that like the the younger generations are really struggling to have meaningful relationships and are really struggling to have sex and i, I don't want to you know again make generalizations and have people listen to this being like don't speak for me that's not my life like I, i'm just going off what i've seen as somebody who is pretty online and who also like exactly. reads a lot and pays a lot of attention and ta- talks to hundreds of people excuse a me lot. i just like hopped to leave into the microphone <laughs> hundreds but speaks speaks like that. to yeah. hundreds <laughs> i'm like an old jew now I like i'm it. just leaning into who I really am I in my soul you. behind yes. closed doors. <laughs> um, so, but no, like a hundred, literally hundreds of people. And it's like, I think I can come to these conclusions that like shit is really different now. And I, I think that the biggest thing that I have to give my ex is that aside from the fact that he was very involved in crypto, very involved in the NFT space, like also hyper aware of like government surveillance, like this is somebody who was really online. He did not give a flying fuck about social media and was also really not interested in attention. So, you know, I went through a couple 
scandals on the internet or, you know, put out content that certain people found problematic. And like being with him made me realize like, oh, wow, if I put my phone down, like this stuff actually really doesn't matter. And I think that coming out of that relationship not only made me feel like I now, whatever comes next for me in my relationships, am able to kind of be all these different sides of myself and find somebody who is going to embrace all of those equally. But I, I, I don't, care about social media the way that I used to. And in some ways that's not good because a lot of my livelihood depends on it. But I have come to realize that like there's a direct correlation between how much time I spend online and how much I compare myself to other people and how like fundamentally unhappy I feel. So that's another thing that's weird about like being in the web three space, but also being like a very alive IRL, highly doxxed person for a living is like, how do you strike that balance between like being online, but also like being comfortable enough with yourself to exist in the real 100%. world? 100%. It's so, there's so many fucking levels to it. I want to like backtrack because I could keep going yeah. on this, but you brought something up like, the whole Gen Z thing, like this is something that I think about all the time is like the just what Gen Z is fucking just how they're floating around in the world. Like my little sister's 20. I love her so, so much. Yeah, She is so funny and quick and smart about some things, but so painfully clueless that like about some other things that it yeah. fucking infuriates me. Like sometimes like yeah. she came to stay with us for two weeks here in the UK because she just dropped out of college ha like two weeks in her second semester in Boston dropped out of college like I never thought college was for her it's fine whatever like she's a freshman she can figure it out she came here to stay with us probably the best two weeks of her life when she looks back on it but she'll never look back on it because she's Gen Z and she doesn't really look back on anything again yes I'm sorry if I'm making generalized statements I'm not really this is my podcast like, but like but it's stereotypes true. exist for a reason it's know? so true and so I I often think about like just what she's doing on her phone and this is something that is triggered a lot in me maybe triggers the wrong word but your show brings up a lot of these feelings in me because I listen to like when I listen to like fashion, like fashion industry confessions and like sex worker confessions and things like this, it's like a lot of these people's stories at the root of them is this like you talk about parasocial relationships. People, especially Gen Z, has a parasocial relationship with success. Like they think that mm -hmm. they that they can mm -hmm. work in these like, OK, if I work for Victoria Beckham or if I am a sex worker and escort for you know, these like NFL players or NBA players are like high, you know, high clout, high social class people. I will be that. And then look, a lot of times, like especially the fashion industry worker confessional from your show, these people talking about these mm -hmm. brands that they like dreamed to work for. And then the dream is like kind of crushed and like unpacked and shatters around them. And I just think I'm like, well, they're thinking about this brand as if it's like the fucking like tits of the earth, but like it's still work like it's still going to have all these yeah. things like so there's just this juxtaposition totally. to me of like having this idea or this relationship with success where you feel like you're entitled to it or like you deserve it like Gen Z yes. people like tell me talk about this a little bit help me unpack my totally. thoughts to create a thesis totally. here. <laughs> 
I'm in <laughs> at your service, Queen. Um, no, I think that this is actually something that plagues not just Gen Z, but like millennials as well. And granted, like millennials run for a pretty big age range. But I think the biggest problem is that all of us are only seeing people's highlight reel. Like I know at this point, it's kind of passe to call Instagram or TikTok or Twitter a highlight reel. And I do very much acknowledge and respect that people have been a lot more candid, like in the pandemic and post pandemic about, oh, I'm having a bad day or, oh, I struggle for mental health issues or I'm financially struggling. Like it's not just like these perfectly branded public figures that we're seeing anymore. But granted, the overwhelming majority of what we're seeing online is somebody celebrating a success, partnering with a brand that is paying them a lot of money, getting photographed in an outfit that was sent to them or being in a destination that they were either flown to or are now able to afford because of their influencer lifestyle. And like, even for me, comparing myself to other um, on-air hosts, other actors, other comedians, like you are never, ever, ever seeing what goes on behind the scenes because who wants to admit rejection to tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people or even millions if you're doing really well for yourself? Who wants to admit that you got a pilot picked up, but the network has been leaving you in limbo for two and a half years? Who wants to admit that like when you're not pictured out in an event, you're in your bed in your sweatpants? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, also a lot of the most beautiful women that I know, I'm talking like uber successful, gorgeous models are stuck in relationships that they're not happy in. When they're offset, they are the crustiest, mustiest, dustiest people you've ever seen in your life because they're like, I don't want to look pretty. I don't want to be perceived. Like, let me just be in my fucking shell. Like, they're really what is missing from, I don't want to just say social media. Like, I want to say life now is that nobody is candid about their progress. And like, even I am hesitant to show my progress in certain ways. Because again, I have been so open about so many of my faults or my like less attractive qualities or less attractive things that have happened in my life that like, on top of that, I I don't always want to be super candid about my breakups. Like I don't always want to be super candid about rejections that I've been having at work or like, you know, I I don't want to like break up please or like, again, but it's a very topical thing because it takes up a lot of my life right now. I went through so many auditions to get that job. I love the idea that like all of our audience thinks that I just like fell out of outer space and like into the studio and my makeup is perfect. And I'm just like, I'm Allie Weiss and I'm here to like fuck shit up with you. I worked really hard for that job. Mm -hmm. I I went through a lot of steps to get my job at Pool Suite. I have been podcasting since 2018. I've been podcasting for a lot of years. There's a reason... Totally. I had a former manager, like bless him, like who was like, you should get into this. And the same way that I was like, why the hell would I ever get into NFTs? I was like, why the hell would I ever get into podcasting? What's podcasting? Thank God I did. Like it has been, it's been like this amazing, like nucleus of my brand, but I've been podcasting for a long time. I've been talking to myself for hours at a time for a long time. And I didn't start my new show, Tales of Taboo, the one that we've been talking about today until 
2020, like until 2021. Like it's, it, it hasn't like been that long that I've had this new format. Um, it took, it took a lot of rebranding, a lot of like iterations of what I want to accomplish, who I am, like to get to where I am has taken a really long time. But then I also think to myself like, okay, I'm 29 years old. I have basically rebranded for the amount of times that like somebody who has a more traditional career path has changed jobs or has changed positions or has decided that they're not happy working at some company. So they're going to go to another company or they're going to go to grad school or they're going to take some time off and live off their savings and take care of themselves. Like it, I think it's, it's so heightened for me because everything, like there's a footprint, like my life has been on chain before I even knew what the fucking chain (laughs) was. Like it's all there. And, but I have to think about like how, how that compares to somebody who has a more traditional life and in actuality, like my trajectory is good. I'm, I'm where in a lot of ways I'm where I hoped to be, you know, by the time that I entered the last year of my twenties. And I just, I guess to answer your question, to summarize that whole rant, I just wish that people felt more comfortable showing the process. And I wish that more people understood that to get anything in life, even if it's to get a brand deal that requires a lot of work and that nothing in this life comes for free and that any success that you hope to have is going to require either a lot of hustling to meet the right people or a lot of hustling to do it on your own. I wanted to make sure that I like packaged a lovely lesson to come out of that rant. You're amazing. Perfect at it. I think like just to add on to your tack on to your lesson is like nothing happens overnight like it just fucking looks like it does Mm -hmm. like it's so and even I am Mm -hmm. like I have fallen victim to this like I suffer from it too of being like oh my god like it looks so easy like why isn't it so easy and I think like part of it is I have like weird relationships with like successful things from my life where even when I look back on my life and I know how hard I've worked I still have this idea that like, I just woke up one day and it was happening. Like I just woke up one day Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I was like, you know, top bitch, like head bitch in charge at super plastic, like at a fucking amazingly successful animation, entertainment, you know, media startup. Like all of a sudden I was this head bitch in charge. And all of a sudden I had an amazingly successful, like web three marketing and consulting agency. And all of a sudden, like, and there's, you have to spend that time to like reflect journal, like capture the the work and the progress. And that's why I think like, that is why I'm so drawn to you and to your brand because you have that life on chain, because you have like the footprint, the digital footprint that exists that has shown your progress, your transitions, your rebrands, like told your own story, even had your story told for you in ways that you haven't always appreciated mm-hmm. or loved or been proud of but to have that is like that's inspiration and motivation enough I think for somebody like me and hopefully fucking anybody else that's listening to like keep going that you are never going to be the one who is like I think puts that much emphasis on or appreciates your challenges and your progress as much because you were living in it but when you share that story I think there's a lot more for other people to gain which is what I appreciate about just digital just like digital culture, crypto culture, pop culture, all of that shit. So 
That's my fucking Totally. Idea. Carson, I appreciate that so much. That's honestly so nice. And like out of everything that you've said, like I think that might be what I value the most because it is sometimes hard for me to not get insecure about like how not mysterious I am online. And like, again, there is very much like a full 50% of me that you can only know if you know me in person and get close to me in person. But there's a full 50% that's also available to like anybody who Googles me or finds my social media platforms. And there's this added level of like weirdness that comes with, I can't even say like, I'm an actor. Like it's one thing to be like, oh, I'm in the public eye. It's another thing to be like, I am literally like what is out there. It's not me, you know, hiding behind like another person's name. And so, you know, I think in my weaker moments or my sadder moments, like I've had some like, oh my God, like what am I doing? But Mm -hmm. to hear that it has impacted you in a positive way, especially as like another person who has a large following and who has a community and like, you know, it is not somebody who necessarily needs to have parasocial relationships in order to survive like unfavorable circumstances like you have like a beautiful life and to know that like somebody like me is resonating with somebody like you in a lot of ways like you're my target demographic and like that's really cool to know that like I speak to you in that way and that that definitely will be something that like I hold on to the next time I'm like why am I so I love it out there and if like you... embarrassing myself every day <laughs> if you ever need somebody to fill up your encouragement cup like DM me and be like give me some of that I'm that going to good, like be careful good. what you wish for Carson with our because... time change between New York and the UK it's gonna be me at like the weirdest hours being like bitch hype me up I need it literally I'm here for it so now this is like okay we have not touched like any fucking thing on my outline that you were like can you send me an outline so like I, totally I love it bamboozled I didn't you. even look at it to be honest oh, with good. you I, I, ha- I have to be honest like you sent it and then I saw that there was a bunch in there and I was like you know what fuck it like I don't want to like whatever I've happens happens also, I trust you I've never sent anybody an outline that's come on my show and I was about to be like bitch no you're not having an outline it's gonna be a surprise to me and a surprise you should to have you should have you like, should have no, no, stuck no, no. to me like that you should have been like absolutely not listen some people are very specific about what they want to cover it's difficult like you are very good at talking you and and it's also weird to be doing this through the computer and not doing this at least in person it's one thing if I like came to your house and we were strangers it's another thing to be like we are strangers but we are like facetiming right now you have done a great job of immediately making me feel comfortable I have gone on a lot of people's podcasts including some very famous people's podcasts who have not made me feel the most welcome and it is really awkward and in those cases it's like helpful to like have a little bit of an idea of like what you're going to be talking about but obviously like we both trusted our instincts on this one and it was not yay good agree well I appreciate those words because I'm seriously like soul searching like trying to figure out like who the fuck am I as a podcast host but again it's another level it's another layer it's what we've been talking about with like who we are online like podcasting feels like in people's heads it would be this like natural kind of you know, what's the difference between a podcast and your Twitter? What's the difference between a podcast? There's such a big difference and it's so much everything, more personal. Everything. And it does require yes. a different type of character that you kind of have a different type of skill set within your toolbox of skills. So like, I, again, just appreciate, love you. So now I have to know what's next for Tales of Taboo. 
when's the new season coming out? What are you working on? What stories are you scouting? Also, how do you even like develop what you want to talk about? Like, I just, this is what I want to end on because I'm so excited. I'm so curious about that whole process. Like, I just want to know, give me the alpha girl, the alpha. Okay. So how I decide what I want to talk about has everything to do with like what I'm watching, what I'm reading and what I'm observing. Like it could be anything from I read a really interesting article in something like highbrow, like the New York Times, or I am walking down the street and I see someone who's like fascinating looking, or I'm hanging out in Washington Square Park and I meet the weirdest fucking person you've ever met in your life. Cause like, I just have that vibe where like, yes, I, I don't do. consider myself to be like, like, I don't think people would look at me and be like, wow, like she looks really nice, but I have this energy where people are just like she has seen some shit and so people will like sit down next to me and like they want to tell you their secrets like this is my best friend yeah Megan it's my has superpower this effect. yeah she has this effect on people like you have it yeah. too where you just see somebody and you're like I want to tell you everything that's personal because I just feel like you'll hold it yeah. for me like you're just a vault I don't Thank you. Like, I don't have that many skills in this life besides like being chatty and being really good at listening to secrets and not judging them. So that's like my superpower. And so it it really can be anything from like reading an article to being in the right place at the right time, meeting somebody really interesting, or it could be something that like I'm really marinating on in my own life. Like the, this season is a little bit more focused on like unconventional relationships because obviously over the past couple of months, I've been thinking a lot about relationships in the wake of my breakup. So some of the topics that we're covering this this season are polyamory and ethical non-monogamy and age gap dating, like big age gaps yes. and unconventional relationships, which like I don't want to spoil because they really run the gamut. And some of them are like cuckoo bananas. And I'm also doing an episode about green card marriages, which has Ooh. been very interesting as well. The whole visa moving situation, oh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yes. I don't know where in that process you are. Um, actually, you would be amazing for that episode. So we're going to talk We've after We've got this. a wild like, story. Yes. My... Our story is yeah, wild. Yeah, you do. And I, I need it. <laughs> it is. It's bananas on like a lot of levels. Um, but I'm also doing an episode about like boutique cult fitness um, and kind of like the toxicity of like the expensive wellness industry and an episode about high-end hospitality, like people who have worked in Michelin-starred restaurants who have been, you know, famous chefs or have worked for famous chefs. So there's like a really wide range. And then I'm also dropping in a couple solo episodes and a couple of really cool interviews. So it's taken me a while to produce this season. I've wanted to make it really, really good. Every season I put out, I want it to be better than the last one. And I feel like now I've kind of landed in this position where I'm like, this is the first time in my life where I don't have imposter syndrome. I believe so heavily in what I'm doing. I believe so heavily in my abilities as a host that like, all right, like if I'm going to like, you know, fucking be in my bag like that, like my work better be good. Like I better work my ass off to make sure that it's perfect. So it's taken me a little while being on this hiatus, but I am really excited about this season. And to go along with that, I am relaunching my Woman on the Street video series, which is something that I did Love a couple of years ago that people loved. But I kind of burnt out of doing that and like other things came up. And so now I'm starting this whole series also called Tales of Taboo that talks to strangers around the streets of New York and wherever else I travel, um, asking them the same questions that I ask my anonymous contributors. Oh, so my it's God. it's going to be Upset. really lit. It's going to be so fun. Do you have a release really date cool, really yet? Or are you still taking your time? yet to be determined? Not yet. 
I'm still taking my time. My worst nightmare is like putting out a proper release yeah. date and then just like not releasing it then. Um, I've been a fuck up for so many years of my life. I'm like, now I'm going to be anal. I'm going to ask for the list of questions before coming on the show, regardless of whether or not I look at them. <laughs> whether I'm going to bite my shit. tongue until I know, <laughs> right, whether you're going to give a flying shit. Um, yeah, but no, I, I, I'll i announce it. Um, it's going to be sometime in April. 100% it's going to be sometime in April. And the episodes drop every Monday. So one Monday in April, which hopefully I will decide within like the next week and a half um, is going to be the launch date. And there's going to be all of these videos, really cool, like marketing assets to go along with it. So I really hope that uh, people come and join the ride. And you said something interesting also, which is that you don't listen to the podcast in order. And I think that might be the coolest thing about my show is that because it doesn't reference pop culture, because it talks about these topics that are very evergreen, yes. you can start anywhere within the three seasons that I've made and the show will make sense to you. Like each yep. Episode lives in its own little world. So if anyone is listening to this and is curious, truly like pick your poison, like choose 100%. an episode that resonates with you, start there, and then work your way up and down depending on what you feel. Exactly. Could not agree more. Well, thank you so much. I had no less than 100 thousand more questions to ask so we'll definitely I like don't want this to end I'm having so much fun. <laughs> I know same but I have to be I want to be so respectful of your time you're gonna come back on this show like whether we film Please. an episode like in person in New York I know that London is also like you spend a lot of time in London so if you, when you come it's back home yeah let me know because it's literally our second home too we love it so much and I've just had so much fun I knew New, new, new. This was going to be just, just me perfect too. harmony. Me so too. I'm sorry you. that I was like doing my like stage mom, like anal thing, asking you to like yeah. prep me, but like it I is a huge that. testament to what you have even presented online and the parasocial relationship that I've had with you to an extent, like knowing that I can show up here and that like this would be an easy, like safe space and that I wouldn't have to prepare some like some psycho babble about like my brand <laughs> that I could just like be myself. I love be it. Fine. Yes. Well, yourself is amazing. We love the brand. We love the alley. Just keep going. Okay. Appreciate you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Watch out. This has been another devastatingly iconic episode of the Carson Daily Show. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carson Daily and follow the show's dedicated Instagram at Carson Daily Show. And follow this podcast channel so you get new episode notifications. Please rate me five stars also so I can brag to my producers. And remember, you can't go a week in crypto without me. The Carson Daily Show is a Decentral Media production written by me and my better comedic half, James Carr, with music by Woody. See you next Tuesday. Bye.